This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Hurricanes won last night, but that isn't the thing that really got me thinking about Hurricanes hockey uh, before the game. I saw a, uh, a, a Twitter blurb from one Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet that contract talks were back on between Elias Pettersson, the center, who had over 100 points last year, and the Vancouver Canucks after they explored a trade with the Carolina Hurricanes. And I went, well, wait, 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 what? Luke DeCock of the News and Observer, your reaction to that Twitter blurb, I'm sure you saw it, uh, is or was what? Yeah, I mean, I had not at that point heard about those talks. Um, they did not surprise me because here's the thing about the Hurricanes at the trade deadline. They are not going to go out and get Ilya Lemushkin, right? They're not going <laughs> to go get that right. that that replacement level guy. They're going to take big swings. And, you know, I think part of this, um, the fact that Pedersen's a restricted free agent, you know, is there the threat of an offer sheet in there? Because, you know, the Hurricanes' first-round picks for the next couple of years, as we saw with uh, with Kokiemi, are not high picks. Right. Um, so do you get in there with that leverage and say, hey, we're thinking about offer sheeting this guy. Do you want to do a deal? Um, it's, you know, you get a legit top three forward. Um, you get a centerman. You, you know, it's a, it's, it's a chance to strike and get the kind of player that doesn't come on the market very often. So I thought it was very much in keeping with the way the Hurricanes do their business. Um, you know, they're going to take big swings, right? Um, whether it's Matthew Kachuk or, or Peterson or whoever, like they, they'd rather take a big swing and miss than add David Savard, right? Like some <laughs> guy like that. And maybe that's hurt them in the past, right? but they're also willing to use their cap space as a weapon. And they have some right now. Yeah. And you saw it picking up a sixth round pick. It's not much, but it's something from the Maple Leafs to help make that uh, Lemushkin deal happen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're trying to use it here to take a big swing. Um, I assume that Marty Natchez would have been the guy going the other way. Would have, um, wouldn't have it? Vancouver is the best team in the West. They have the best record in the West. At least they did uh, a couple of days ago. Um, they would have to be more than Marty Natchez going the other way for them to make the deal. Um, it would have to be, I mean, honestly, if it's not going to be Aho or Slavin, it would probably have to be Svechnikov going the other way. I just, I can't even imagine how Vancouver could possibly make the trade for Elias Lindholm, setting themselves up to be a Stanley Cup contender, and then take anything less than a star back for Elias Pettersson. You have to do weird things sometimes yeah. because of contracts and the cap. Um, and maybe there were other considerations in there. Look, I mean, the one thing we know when you're dealing with the Canucks is Jim Rutherford will do whatever it takes to get a deal done. Yes. Um, but that is a, uh, you know, and maybe it is Svechnikov. Maybe you think, you know, with the injuries and, and the fact that he's, you know, hasn't developed into that 50 goal score yet. Although certainly everyone knows he's, he's got the potential and he's right there. Um, maybe you do pull the trigger on that deal and get a guy who's a legit star. But uh, as I said, like I, I wasn't aware of this. I didn't have any inside info yeah. on it. I wish I did. Um, but it did not surprise me. It struck me as exactly the kind of thing the Hurricanes like to try. I, I, I maybe it's just me, 
<laughs> I, I dismissed it out of hand. I found it intriguing, and it made my brain, uh, my brain kind of churn over what would it have taken to get him. And uh, I didn't, I didn't love that. Although Pedersen is a unbelievably talented offensive player, and he does, he is part of their penalty kill. But I don't know how good a defender he is. He, I know he is not good in the faceoff circle. At least the stats say that. Um, what do you make of how they are playing right? Not Vancouver, the Hurricanes. How they're playing right now? Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Deruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. I was on your website, and I love the term financial termites because there are always things eating at your money that you can't see. So you don't want financial termites. Termites in the financial world are risk, fees, unnecessary commissions. All the bad things that we see and we hear about on TV are happening many times inside your portfolio you don't see. So you need a financial exterminator. Well, for the next 10 of you to call, we'll put together for you your very own total retirement plan at no cost. Call 888-843-0013. Or text Adam to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of it remains true. You know, I think Spencer Martin played well enough to win last night, and that's all you need from your goalies. Was he 1987 era Patrick Waugh? No, but was he, you know, or I guess 1997 era Patrick Waugh, <laughs> 1987 era Eddie Belfort. Um, no, he was not, uh, He was, he, but he was fine, and he gets a win against his former team, and that's what they needed, right? They yeah. just needed their goalies not to kill them. And if you get that, then everything else falls into place. Um, obviously, Aho I thought, was, was good last night. And, and um, it was a little weird hearing someone else call the game. And kept, I mean, I, I, we all love John Bujagras, but that is not how you pronounce Kokiemi. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm not saying it right either. I but, <laughs> uh, but it kept it. It was like that game in the playoffs against Nashville a couple years ago where. Uh, I think it was Ken Cal kept calling Marty Natchez, Marty Neshkash. Remember that one? Look, um, for like two games. We have uh, that, pe- you know, people you just... in our own organization can't pronounce Natchez. <laughs> I, <laughs> yes, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Or, but it's fine. Or, uh, or, the, or the people the or- in, in, in the, or- the organization who had an extra sim- syllable between the S and the V in Svechnikov. And you get <laughs> Svechnikov. <laughs> Which, hey, maybe that's how you say it in Russian. I we don't know. We should ask him. Should ask Andre. Yeah, we should ask. We should ask Kachekov <laughs> because then we get an honest answer. Unbelievable! I love that kid. By the way, that kid is so much fun. Ah, he is. He is. Crazy. He is the son. Uh, also, strangely enough, you know, um, and you and I talked about it, uh, and I said it definitively. And I don't want to make this. I want to talk about some other things here real quick. But I said it definitively, probably late November, maybe around Thanksgiving. Said if the Hurricanes don't trade for a goalie by Christmas, they're not going to make the playoffs. And I was serious about it. They're not not going to make the playoffs no. uh, from December twelfth to today. Pyotr Kachetkov is a top ten goalie in the entire league. Yeah. It's just I mean just the numbers, and we see it, right? I actually was more impressed with the Minnesota game because there was less spectacular and more putting himself in position. Yeah. I know the the second goal, Rod didn't like it. I don't think anybody liked it, but it's a floater. But he never saw it. Uh, but, I mean, he was just you know, the, solid. The goalie thing is still interesting to me because, I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't with you on the miss the playoffs ultimatum, although I certainly understand where you were coming from. I still feel like if you are serious about winning the Stanley Cup, you may still want to add a fifth goalie um, to the mix just because who knows with Freddie, who sure. knows with Ronts, um, health-wise, Form-wise, in Freddie's case, although I think you can make the argument taking three months off in the middle of the season may be the best thing for him. Um, and then Kachekov, as good as he's been, you know, do you trust him 
against the Bruins in an elimination game. I mean, I guess you should because he's played against the Bruins. But, you know, if you get into a situation where you're playing a Bobrovsky-level goalie again, you know, is do you trust Kachekov? Do you trust Spencer Martin if it comes to that? So um, I think there is sort of a, a still an argument to be made. Now, obviously, Marc-Andre Fleury's off the market. But if you can go get a proven veteran without damaging your cap situation, if that guy comes on the market in the next week and a half or whatever it is, um, you know, do you still do that? Because if you're serious about winning the Stanley cup, you know, do you still have questions about whether these four guys collectively can do it? And, and look, they, can they? Yes. But if you get into a situation in an elimination game where you're, you're deciding between auntie Ranta, uh, Kachekov, who's lost an edge, uh, Anderson, who's hurt again, and Spencer Martin, I'm not sure that's feels that reeks of Stanley Cup contenderishness. I'm not sure there's a, there's anything you can do to protect yourself completely from injuries at one position, right? I mean, I, I your I your your point is well taken, um, but if if the Hurricanes are down to their fifth goaltender, I don't think <laughs> they're. they're yeah. I don't think it matters. And at that point, uh, yeah. Yanni Peretz, come on up and uh, take a swing. He has yeah, never given up. It's, a, it's almost like if we had this conversation last year, and I said to you, well, if Svechnikov gets hurt and Patrick Reddy gets hurt again, you know, don't they need another forward just in case? And you say, look, you can't plan about losing your two best goal scorers. You're just going to end up losing four one goal games against a good goalie. And so, you know, you would have been a visionary. Uh, uh, the, nobody's ever accused me of that. Uh, let, let me fold this. Wood. wood, right. Let me, yeah. let me fold this into um, a conversation about college football real quick. Luke Takak of the NNO is here. So the latest proposal is a 14-team field. This would start after two years of a 12-team field. 14-team field with 11 of the 12 spots being automatic bids. Three to the Big Ten, three to the SEC, two to the ACC, two to the Big 12, uh, one to the group of five. So the question posed by, I think it was Chris Viannini of The Athletic, said that if you're the ACC, do you accept second tier status uh, in this in this regard? I mean, if that was really proposed to Jim Phillips, what do you think he says? I mean, the ACC already accepted second tier status when Florida <laughs> State got bounced, so that that train has left the station. The AC an, an ACC athletic director relegated the ACC to second tier status. That that's over. That's done with. The question now is, what's the best deal you can cut now? Do I think what the Big Ten and SEC are doing is laughably exploitative? Absolutely. Not only that, they want guaranteed buys. That's so, right. <laughs> you, know, you know, so I, I think the way you do this is if your teams are good enough, and this is true of the ACC or the SEC, your champion gets an automatic bid. If your teams are good enough, they'll get at-large bids. So if you're as good as you say you are yep. – we shouldn't be bending over backwards to make sure that everyone gets to see Iowa on a national stage for the 13th time. Nobody needs that. Right. Like nobody really needed Louisville getting into a 12 team field last year, who would have been the second ACC team. Like let's call a spade a spade here. The ACC didn't necessarily deserve two bids last year. No. So they should probably take the two bids and run. But my point is we shouldn't be doing this by conference. Right. I agree. There's not that many college football teams. So but what you're, what's happening is, and this is the old, you know, when when the S, when the SEC and Big Ten decided that they were going to form the new alliance, and Jim Phillips said, "Oh, I, there's nothing to be paranoid about." You know, <laughs> uh, your former colleague Joe Obis and I were joking at the Duke game the other night. He's basically 
what are you going to do? Stab me? Quote from man stabbed. Like, of course they're going to find a way to cut you out of the loop. Of yes. course they're going to stab you in the back. You know, and, and it's like you want it to be one way, but it's the other way. The SEC and Big Ten are consolidating their power. And if you go along with this and you have a veto, right, in the yep. college football playoffs, you do. It's like, the, it's like the United Nations Security Council. Everybody gets a veto. Um, you know, Notre Dame gets a veto for until, reasons nobody understands. Until the SEC and the Big Ten leave, which is probably what they want anyway. Let them, right, which is, you know, the other argument is this is all just a gambit to get people to say no, and they pack up their toys and go home, and yep. they go play the SEC Big Ten National Championship and pull out of the NCAA tournament, which they've already basically laid the groundwork for with these Fox tournaments that are uh, postseason tournaments. Like, And you know what? At a certain point, I say, let them go. If you want to kill the yeah. golden goose because it's everybody being in the same pool for football, everybody being in the same pool for a 68, I'd even take a 72-team basketball tournament uh, if you yeah. have to. We're going to have 96, Luke, and you know it. They're, they're, they're not going to stop. My, my, my point is, if you want to leave right. and go do your own European Super League live football operation uh, as the SEC and Big Ten, I think they're going to find out very quickly that part of the appeal is the fact that you get to test yourself against other teams from other conferences, and it's not just UCLA playing Alabama or whatever every week. Um, I just, I, I, I think the ACC should call their bluff on this one. Will the ACC? No, of course not. No, because the exactly. ACC holds like a card table every chance it gets. I, I, I said just a little bit ago, we should have, we shouldn't have any automatic qualifying spots. We should just have the fourteen best, and eventually the sixteen. Or the twenty-four, however many teams are that are ultimately going to we'll be. We'll still in. be playing college football on February and March first. On February 29th, we'll be wrapping up the thirty-two team college football playoffs. Oh, the, the, this will be the Carolina ra- plays Notre Dame. This week is the round of sixteen in the college football season. Uh, I just—it's just the the <laughs> willingness of the people who run college sports. They don't care to to chase every last nickel down the street, no matter what the long-term implications are. It's just, it's not baffling. It makes perfect sense. They are incentivized to squeeze current revenue. If you're a chancellor, if you're a commissioner, if you're an AD, there's nothing incentivizing you to preserve the long-term system. You're entirely incentivized, like private equity, to just gut it and sell off the assets and let the next guy worry about it. Oh, that's college. College football is about mergers and acquisitions. It's not about anything else. That's what they. That's what they have told us. They've screamed to us over the last several years. It's all. All it is. Uh, the whole thing is laughable. You. You brought up the Super League. I actually uh, drew an analogy to that. I think yesterday, or at least wrote about it. Um, if. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com if we remember what happened when the best the biggest football clubs in europe the reals and real and barcelona still wanted they probably still barcelona needs it um because of very very, various things so all all the biggest clubs in europe were all in you know the italian league were all into it because they were all going to leave do their own thing they're going to leave but they were going to do their own thing they were going to get out of champions league all that and just consolidate money, and then oh no, we'll let you come in. We'll let these, t-. and but the backlash 
from their fans was so strong that especially in the Premier League, now they're all against it. Like there were five or six clubs that were all about it, and now they're all against it because they they heard from their fans. I wonder if SEC fan would be all that interested in something like that. I'm, I don't, I'm very curious. I'm not talking about, you know, the people who call Feinbaum. I'm talking about the, the, the normal people who are happen to be fans of Alabama or Georgia. Isn't part of the lore knowing that you're better than everybody else? What happens if you don't have anybody else to fight? Well, and I think with, when you look at realignment as well, and I think these are kind of two sides of the same coin, is there a point where you keep gambling that people are still going to care, right? They're going to care right. that NC State's playing Syracuse instead of Maryland. They're gonna, you're gambling that they're, they're going to care that UCLA is playing Iowa instead of Cal. You're gambling that, you know, it, it's, it's all sort of like pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope to seeing how far it goes until the system breaks and then it's unfixable. Um, so I think that that what the SEC and Big Ten are doing is just kind of another layer of that. Like, do SEC fans really want to be part of something else where they don't get to be in the NCAA basketball tournament? They don't play. You know, you have multiple champions where there's an undefeated SMU and an undefeated Alabama, and everyone's just arguing about it. They don't get to play to, to see who the better team is because Alabama beats a 10-3 and Washington team instead that no one cares about. I just, I, I feel like you're just, you're just, everyone's just kind of running this big grand experiment on how much can we destroy what people yep. love about college sports before they stop watching. And so far you haven't seen that reaction like you saw in soccer in part because I don't think the relationship between fan and college or fan and pro team in the U S is quite the same as it is in soccer, but the closest thing to it would be a university allegiance yep. handed down through families, you have families that have divided allegiances because one kid went to state, one kid went to Carolina. It's like Everton and Liverpool. Um, I, I, but I don't know what the breaking point is, and we haven't reached it yet, clearly. Maybe we have and we don't know it. Maybe adding Cal and Stanford and SMU yeah. is the breaking point, <laughs> and we'll look back in three years and say that. But we haven't reached it that we know yet. I do think the SEC and Big Ten breaking away, if that's really what they want to do, would would be a, a tangible, yep. put a pin in it, breaking point to the – to the system as we know it, um, you know, and then they're obviously going to go that professional route, which we're all going to end up going eventually, mm -hmm. but they would certainly accelerate that. Um, and would the ACC and, and big 12 and, and, you know, big East and basketball, would they want to keep up with that? I, I don't know. Um, eventually they're going to have to, but would they chase it the way that the SEC and big 10 could with their revenues that, that I don't know. Luke DeCock of the news and observer fun conversation, my friend, I will, uh, I'll, I don't know if I'm going to see you tomorrow morning, uh, for a, whatever that is, a, a 12.30 start tomorrow. Uh, but I'll certainly see you very soon. I appreciate your time. All right. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.